Well, good evening. Welcome. I want to tell you, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming out tonight. Uh, you're in a class called The Fullness of Empty Nesting. So you're in the right spot. Thanks so much. Hey, this class is uh, put on by our ministry called Fight for Your Family. And this is a ministry that resources both marriage and parenting. So, so thankful. We're on, a, on our webpage, above.org forward slash family. You can find out more about Fight for Your Family there. Now, I need to I'll be honest with you and just come out right in the open and tell you that I am uh, not empty nester yet. Uh, my wife and I's date is August 2031. Okay, so <laughs> we are hopeful empty nesters. Uh, we're right there with you. So um, you're in the groove, but we're not there yet. Um, so I am not coming in tonight as a sage wise expert. I am just a facilitator. And you'll see I'm putting people in front of you who know what they're talking about because I don't. But I'm so thankful you're here. Enough about me. Um, who's in the room tonight? Let's just see, just by show of hands if we could. First of all, um, if you are coming soon, you're not yet empty nesters like I am, um, would you please raise your hand? You're not yet empty nesters, you are coming soon. All right, good, fantastic. All right, two or three, four of us. <laughs> but it would tonight. That's right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So that's one. A second, um, how about if you are a newbie, empty nesting less than one year, if you're less than a year, who is that? We got one. Anybody else? All right. You stand strong, Chris. You and you alone. That's right. No fear. No fear. How about you're on the journey? You've been doing this for one to five years. I get it. I got a woo in the back. of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. Stand strong. That's enough for a, a group. And how about this? Seasoned veterans. You've been at this for a while. You could write a book on it. I got one, two. Who else I got? Okay, good. Okay, got it, got it. Some good folks. How about this? Raise your hand if you don't raise your hand for anything in public. Anybody like that out here? No, <laughs> nobody? All right, man. So uh, here's what we did. We just did a survey to find out um, what do you want to learn as empty nesters. And what we heard back was mainly three things. Just help us with our faith our family, and our friendships. So that's what tonight and tomorrow night is all about, is those three key areas. I'm so excited to tell you what we have tonight. Um, tonight, we're gonna kick off with a, a professional friend of mine, but also a personal friend of mine, is Linda Price. And um, I have been, had the privilege of being in her home, been in her office, we've worked together on some things, uh, but also I've watched a whole lot of soccer games with her and her husband, because our boys played soccer together uh, for about four years. And so it's been a, just a thrill to get to know Linda. And she's coming tonight, to share with us about healthy boundaries. Um, before she does, though, let me pray and invite the Lord in and we'll get started. Well, Father, we praise your name and we thank you that we get to come together and just come at your feet and come at you as, as full dependence um, on how you want us to move forward in this stage of life. Lord, thank you for all the different seasons of life, different stages of parenting. And I thank you for each person who's here, who's here to learn word from your word and from those who've gone before us on what we can do to make the most and to, to enjoy the joyful fullness of even this season. So I pray that you would fill our speakers with your Holy Spirit. I pray you'd bless Linda as she comes right now. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, all right. Would y'all help me welcome Linda Price. So I'm so happy to be here. I just, I love speaking here. I've been invited here a couple of times and I'm happy to be here. I'm the mom of five kids. My kids age, everyone's getting ready to have a birthday. They're gonna be 23 to 33. So I have five kids, just like Tim and Susan, and my youngest is Jack, their oldest, same age, they graduated together. So that is the connection there. So it is a journey being empty nesters or emerging empty nesters. And tonight talking about this topic 
it can be difficult, but because when we're talking about adult children, we ha it's a broad spectrum of what that means. Because we could have emerge, I, I think we call it in our field, emerging adults, which you would say they ain't quite ripe yet and they're kind of adults and <laughs> you know, uh, they have some more growing to do. We have single adults. We have married adult children. We have adult children that are very focused and driven and they have a goal. We have adult children that are just failure to launch. They're just having trouble. They're just stuck and they need help. So tonight it's very broad. I'm gonna speak in generalities. It's probably not gonna be specific to your situation, but I think a lot of the principles apply. Now, I spoke one time years ago and I spoke about the in-law relationship. So I'm not gonna speak about that tonight because that's a whole other thing. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it can be wonderful and messy and complicated. So we're not gonna talk about the in-laws, you know, specifically if you're, you know, son or daughter married someone or having struggle with that relationship. We're not gonna talk about that. We're really talking about children could be married, but you know, the single kids. So our goal as parents is what? Foster independence. That's really what our goal is. That every day that we have our children, we should be fostering them to one day that they can be on their own. So years ago, I used to give a talk on raising teens and I called it raising to release because that's our goal. What I have realized through the years is that that releasing part <laughs> isn't as smooth or as easy for many people because some kids just don't go easily. Some kids, they really go, some don't even come back. So we're all different, but fostering the independence is really our goal as parents. Um, it's difficult too, because when we have kids, we spend more time being the parent of adult children than we do young children, but we spend more intense time parenting young children. So we are parents of adult children, but we parent more young kids. So we have to learn the difference because if we don't, that's where we get in trouble. Because when we have these kids that are learning to be adults, if we hold on too much and we don't change our parenting style, that's where there's conflict. Because we don't know how to release. We can still be kind of unsure if they're going to do it. And so we make some mistakes. The hardest part, um, like Tim said, I am a marriage and family counselor. Um, I'm a life coach out of my home right now. I used to work at Central Church for 13 years. But I would say across the board, one of the hardest, most heartbreaking cases that I have to sit with are parents with estranged children, adult children that will not be in relationship with their parents. And it is heartbreaking. And I always know there was a hurt somewhere. And a lot of times the parents don't even know, we don't know what we did, but our son or daughter won't talk to us. They won't come home. And it's really, really difficult. But as we uncover, we begin to learn, there were some mistakes made. And typically it's when parents were a little overreaching, 
a little too controlling, a little too suggesty, you know, have comments. So my speaking tonight is based on experience of working with people that have been heartbroken because they want to have a good relationship with their adult children and they don't understand some of the mistakes they make. But it's hard because at the end of the day, we are parents. And the greatest heartbreak when we are parents of children, of adult children, is the unmet expectations. It's hard. Our expectation of what it's gonna look like typically doesn't match what our kids do. Why? They start cohabitating. There's addictions. There's same-sex attraction and gender confusion. There are kids that are in financial crisis. They marry someone that you would never ever um, think they would marry. Um, they could struggle with mental illness or they walk away from the faith or their faith and how we raise them doesn't match what the values that we think we've given them. And it's heartbreaking. And sometimes we don't handle it well. Why? Because our kids scare us. They terrify us. We love them so much. And so our instinct is to guard and to protect and to ward them off from the danger and from the cliff. And so we don't know how to do it a different way. But if we don't come at our adult kids differently, we run the risk of losing them. So we have to learn to parent differently. We have to stop being fixers. And that's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to not want to be a fixer. It's hard to learn to really be a listener. That's the hardest thing. This book, and I was just talking to Leah back there. This book is a great book. It's called Doing Life with Your Adult Children. Keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. I gotta tell you, this is very funny. So I was at Central and this woman came to see me and she had an adult daughter. She really did a good job. I mean, this girl was a wonderful girl. She had two kids, but this mom was so overbearing. She was so intrusive and they were just miserable. And so the mom came to see me and I said, would you, you know, read this book? And I would love to discuss it with you. Well, she came back to see me and she came in in a huff and she shucked the book at me. Like literally, like, like a Frisbee, she shucked it at me. She aimed for my feet. So there was no danger. And she said, so I guess you just don't want me to be, to be a mother then. <laughs> and I thought, well, that is how she took it. She did not like it because it means releasing. And she didn't like that. So this book and another book, The Entitlement Cure, are two really good books to help you navigate this relationship with adult children. So one of the biggest breakdowns when our kids go off is we criticize. We criticize. Now, this is a big interloper in marriage. We know as marriage therapists that there are four things that really break the back of a marriage. And one of it is criticism. We criticize. We criticize. And we typically do that out of fear because we're scared. So we come at, why would you do that? What are you doing? Why would you make that choice? So we come intensely at a spouse, at a child. But criticism is a really hard thing because it's hard for people to know how to come back because the only way you can come back is usually with defensiveness and then you criticize they're defensive you criticize they're defensive and then we're in a fight so learning how to not have a critical spirit 
it is hard because you got to practice it. I've learned this because strong criticism and judgment statements paralyze growth. It's really hard because we always say, I want my kids to come to me with anything. I want them to be able to talk to me with anything. But it's hard for them to trust that because we judge, we criticize, we kind of go into attack because we're so afraid. And so we talk and we talk and we talk. You get off the phone, you look at your wife or husband and said, we had a really good talk. But your kid's heart is far from you because we took that opportunity to criticize. If we can learn that affirmation with kids is stronger than the criticism, you can actually build a bond. Now, these are things you have to practice. It doesn't come naturally. I mean, I've learned this. Like with my five kids, I mean, like I'm a counselor. Like you would think they would come to me for things. They don't want to know my opinion. They don't come to me for anything, nothing. Like my son, we were, we were on a trip and he had just announced to us, he and his girlfriend had broken up. And so he and I were in the bedroom and I said, you know, honey, I, and I'm sorry to hear that. And he was like, nah, he goes, it went on a little longer because of COVID, it needed to happen. But, you know, we really haven't wrapped it up well. And, you know, she just needs to understand that he was talking and I really had some sage advice to give him, <laughs> but I know not to just give it to him. So I said, you know, Micah, may I, may I, you know, make an observation about that and share something with you? And he looked at me and he went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and we just laughed. We just laughed. And I am just kind of like, people pay me for my advice, but that's all right, you know. I mean, it's so frustrating. But I mean, that that is where I have learned. And it is, it is, oh, I, it is, it is so hard hard, hard, hard when your kid is telling you something in your ear and you're like, that's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's not going to work. It's not a good idea. It is so hard to take that breath and to say, you know, tell me more about that. I had another son called me. He's talking to me about something in my field. I mean, and he wasn't asking, he was telling me this. I didn't agree with a word he said, didn't agree with anything. And so I'm like taking the deep breath. And I said, you know, well, tell me more about that. And then I said, so you believe, and I repeated it back to him, you know, our affirming statements, I repeated it back. He was like, yeah, that's what I think. But I was able to say, you know, I have a little experience in that. Could I share something with you? But I asked permission. And this time he was like, well, yeah, I would, yeah. Asking permission for our adult kids, instead of just going, well, what you need to do is, you know, coming in, we have to change our energy toward these adult kids. Instead of coming in with that controlling energy, you know, that anxious energy, because we want it to all go smoothly, we have to kind of take a breath and really be able to step it down and to ask questions. You know, and the Bible talks about this. What does it say? It says, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And it is hard. It's hard to do because our kids scare us. I think one of the biggest things that my husband and I had to learn, and this has been something we have had to say to one another, you have to be willing to put the relationship above the rules. When your child is doing something that goes contrary to how you raise them, to what you feel is right, to the God's word, 
You have to be willing to put the relationship above the rules. They had 18 years with you. Chances are they do know right and wrong and they're making a decision to do something else. And it makes it really difficult. My husband and I have been faced with this. We had a son and he is, you know, he is, he's a precious boy, but he made a decision that he was going to live with his girlfriend in another state. And our hearts were broken, but we knew we had to approach him because he's a little, you know, he, he's the one who can kind of avoid a little bit. And my husband went to him and just with a gentle spirit. And he said, son, I, I think this is going to be happening. He never told us. We figured it out. And he said, yeah, dad, that's what's going to happen. And my husband said, you know, son, this isn't God's order of things. And this is, you know, something that we hope that you have, you know, prayed about. Obviously you didn't. Um, and that you've given thought to. But we want you to know that we love you. And I think you're going to need help moving. When can I help you? And my husband helped our son move into an area and a situation that morally we don't agree with. But I knew that his girlfriend, I knew that she didn't know the Lord, but I could tell she was open. And so we just loved them. We prayed for them. And there was a day they came to visit and I, and I just prayed, Lord, don't ever let her feel that our, any judgment, any criticism, any kind of anything but love. And she came to our house one time and I had an opportunity because my, my family were from Ohio and she was up there with them. And they're, they're very, uh, they're very Christian and they break out in prayer. They pray a lot and all this. So I said to her, I said, I said, you know, I said, I just want to know. Um, do you have any questions about us? I know that we're kind of like the crazy Christian family. Like, do you have any questions? And she said, yeah, I was raised Catholic. And like, can you tell me the difference? And we had the most beautiful opportunity. And she came to know Christ. She and my son are no longer together. But I know firmly in my heart, I believe that she came to know Christ through this connection. Don't agree with it. Wasn't godly. But I just pray, you know, for them. Um, and it, but it took a lot for us because, I mean, do you know how hard that is to call my mother and father and say, this is happening, you know, do not say anything to him, call all of my sisters, they have children and to say, this is happening. I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud that my son is making this decision, but felt so strongly that we had to handle it as Jesus would. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like Jesus would called out the sin. This isn't right but we love you. And that's putting the relationship above the rules. And it's hard to do. Our struggle with our kids many times is because when our kids are younger, we are the ultimate controllers and we need to be the controllers. Okay. They would eat anything. They would, you know, they would never go to bed. They would never be clean. So as parents, we have to be the ultimate controllers. But when they get into later high school, we have to shift from being the ultimate controller to influencers. We have the power to influence. The problem is that kicks up stuff for us because our kids are gonna make decisions we don't agree with. There's a story that says, 
a boy went to his dad and said, dad, how can I grow up to be wise and smart and know how to do all the right things? And his dad said, make good choices. He said, okay, but how do I make good choices? And his dad said, bad choices. Bad choices, life is a good teacher. And there's a point that I always told people is that do not steal your child's struggle. Do you know how many times we steal our child's struggle? We see him struggling with something and we're like, well, hey, this is what you need to do. Stop doing that, you need to do this. Sometimes we don't allow our kids to have the natural consequences because we don't wanna be in pain or we're embarrassed. You know, we wanna kinda look good. That's not gonna look good in the church and with my family. So not stealing our kids' struggle, allowing our children to make mistakes, have the consequence, have bad emotions. I mean, sometimes that happens to have, you know, sad emotions. Sometimes we're just like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And those sad emotions sometimes can really shape their character. So don't steal your child's struggle. Love, this quote, I really, I've, I've always written it down. Love is not crippling. If you love your child in a way that keeps them from going on to the next level in life, then that love is for you and not for them. You're doing it because you feel good about what you're doing and it's meeting your need, but you're not doing it for your child because that's not in their best interest. Love is putting your child's best interest ahead of your own. If what you are doing eases your guilt, makes you worry less, makes you feel better, makes you feel loved, then that's good for you, but it's not good for them. Love is preparation. Love is helping children move to the next level in life. So kids learning to be good decision makers is a complex process. It's not easy. It takes a lot of time. It takes making bad decisions to learn to make good decisions. It really is. If they never know, then they do get to, I mean, and it's hard, you know, they're going to college. They're, they're just kind of untethered. And what if, what if, what if, what if, and we can really, and if you can just be a soft place for them to fall so that, and there might be some messes that you clean up. There might be some things that you'll have to do, but you can grow together with them instead of using shame. Shame is a terrible teacher. It's a terrible teacher. The shaming, shaming, how could you? Why would you do this? That is embarrassing. You should know better. Shame is a terrible teacher for young kids and even for our adult kids. So it's your job, child's job at many ages to do stupid things. Bad decision-making is an essential part of the road to maturity. And if we over-parent and block it, kids can be really good at making just bad decisions when they get older. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. It is so hard to allow your kids to go through their process when you don't agree with it. Because we know better. We know better. This isn't going to end well. I have a, I have a son, and he, he was an incredible soccer player. And he got an incredible scholarship to play at a private Christian school up north. And he was playing soccer. He was there for two years. He's not, yeah, he's not like an academic, but he was there for two years. And, and my husband and I, we had been kind of seasoned in knowing how to keep our mouth shut and how to guide. And he came to us after two years and he goes, hey, I just wanna let you know, um, I'm quitting school. I'm walking away from soccer. I'm done with it. Um, I'm quitting school. And so, you know, we're taking the breath 
you know, and you have to know my husband, man, he's, he, he, he takes my lead because this is not his natural. <laughs> he's, yeah, he would have something to say about it. So we said, so what is your plan? He goes, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just going to take time off and I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to travel. And I just, I don't know, you know, these, I, sorry, the, you know, these millennials just like, I don't know, recycle, start a nonprofit. I don't know what they, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's something. And I was like, we're like, oh, okay. And um, we said, well, this is what we can offer. Because of a certain administration, you're already on our health plan. Um, you're already on our phone plan. And um, I think we may have said something with his car insurance. But we said, we release you. We release you. We release you to, to take this and to do what you need to do. And man, it was hard because everything in us, like stupid, 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 stupid. You know, we get into the bedroom and you know, we're, we're doing the big like, what is he thinking? You know, like, stupid, you know? And we do that and we're just, but he was determined this is what he was going to do. And sure enough, he did it. Went to the soccer coach, kind of resigned. He skipped out of there. And I don't know, he bobbled around a little bit, but my parents own this, it's a, I mean, it's a crap shack, sorry, up in Ohio, but it was on a lake. And so he was there and he negotiated with my parents. He paid a little bit of rent and this, and he started, he's a super hard worker. So he started working the golf course there. Then he worked at a ski resort there. And so he was hustling, he was hustling. And we gave him, I mean, we, I mean, we were in contact with them. How are you doing? Great. How, you know, do you see anybody? But, um, but he, it, we had moved to Tennessee by then, and he had never really lived on his own up north. My husband and I have lived up north. We're both from northern Ohio. And um, it was about February, and like I said, no, no, we, we, no financial support, um, but had a very warm relationship, saw him at Christmas. And he called in February. I picked up the phone, and I could hear his voice. I could hear like he was holding on, like he was upset. And he said, Mom, is Dad there? And I said, I was like, yes, <laughs> please take it. And he said, uh, and I could hear him. My husband had the phone out. He goes, uh, Dad, um, I was trying to save money on the heating bill, and I turned off you know, the, the heat. And um, I came home from work, and all the pipes had burst, and the place is flooded. And my husband, because of bless him because he takes my lead. He was so good. Instead of fixing it, because we want to fix it, can't fix it. He said, son, I'm sorry to hear that. What are your options? I don't know, dad. I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Like, 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 what am I supposed to do now? He said, well, what do you think is the best thing to do? I, I, I've, got, I've got to call someone. He said, all right, why don't you call someone? You can call us back. So he calls back. I was like, Daddy, I called someone and he said he could, he could do it for $1,000. And Mark said, do you have $1,000? And he goes, no, Dad, I don't have that much. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what have you been doing all day? Now, this is also the son that calls and said, you know, Mom, the price of shampoo is ridiculous, you know? Because, I mean, he, he was learning a lot. You know, he wasn't, you know, he's working at a ski resort. Like, they're not paying that much. You get free skiing, but you're not making that much. And I'm thinking, You've been gone this whole time. You don't even have a thousand dollars saved. So my husband said, "Well, can I make a suggestion?" Yeah, Dad. What, what, what should I do? He said, "Why don't you call the plumber back? See if he can fix this part of this cottage. 
block off the rest of it, you know, put blankets up for the heat. And then in the spring, you and I will get up there and we'll work on it. <laughs> All right, dad calls back. Yeah, he, he can do it for 300. He said, do you have 300? I'm like, we do, we do. <laughs> we have a thousand dollars, we can help you. <sighs> that was so hard. My husband, he said, do you have 300? He goes, uh, yeah, I, I have 300. He said, okay, great. He said, you know what? Get some rags, clean it up. So that was that. And he made it through that crisis. And a couple months later, and it was in March, and my mother calls me, um, Linda, um, the electric bill is due. And I said, all right, call Noah and tell him, oh, I shouldn't use his name, but sorry, Noah. Um, I was like, call Noah and tell him, hey, the electric's due. And she goes, um, well, he just paid the heating bill and it was really high and he's looking a little thin and I'm just really worried about him. And I'm just like, mother, I said, all right, I'll take care of it. And so I had to take a breath and I called him and he picked up, hello? I was like, hey, honey, just want to let you know, grandma called, electric bill is due, can you drop it off to her? And he paused and he went, okay. I said, do you have enough money to cover it? He goes, uh, yeah, it's going to wipe me out. I said, all right, just drop it off to her. All right, good to talk to you. <laughs> it's a lot of work having these boundaries. Uh, but I will tell you, through that year, right around April, he came to us and he said, I need to do something different. And through that, because we did not rescue, bless that boy's heart, he negotiated his soccer scholarship back, he actually got a better price. He went back to school. He graduated seven years ago today. I just texted him, I posted it on Facebook. I said, guess what you were doing seven years ago? And now he is, you know, launched and doing well. So is this my signal? Okay, this is my signal. All right, look at this, all these pages there. Okay, let me just say, yes, yes, yes. I'll leave with this. Trust that experience is a better teacher than advice. Talking and talking and talking leads to resentment and it causes them to turn away from you. So I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> well, listen, this was, a, yes, yes, yes. Trust that experience is a better teacher than advice. That when we talk and talk, it leads to resentment and really the child will run. That, that's when they don't wanna call, they don't wanna pick up. You know when you call and you're like, I know you have your phone on you, I know that. And they don't pick it up, they don't wanna hear about it, they don't, wanna, they don't want conflict, you know? And that's the other thing, last thing. Um, when you have adult children, really find time that you spend with them where you are, it's not about a topic. You know, sometimes kids don't wanna hang out with us because we're gonna bring up that thing or talk about grades or talk about, you know, their goals. Like sometimes just enjoy them because that, that fosters a better relationship. So thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Cure, the entitlement cure, and I forget her name. I forgot to write it down, but I could I could look it up on my phone. But it's a good one as well. Speaking of releasing your children, so my second son is turning 21 today. Today's his birthday. He's 21, and uh, he's in New Orleans 
with a group of fraternity brothers. So I'm having to really release my son in New Orleans with fraternity brothers on his birthday. Uh, so I need your prayers and, and Linda's talk was perfect for tonight. So Linda, thank you so much. So grateful that, you, that you've come spend time with us. Um, and this is Linda's email. You're welcome to email her if you want to learn more or have a counseling session or, or have your, you, your kid come in with that. So anyway, thanks so much, Linda. So glad to have you tonight. Um, also, just going back to kind of this idea of who's in the room, um, tonight I want to just take a moment and just share with you, we've got a, a newbies in the room, and I want to introduce you to them. This is Chip and Misty Freeman, and they are brand new to Empty Nesting. They're within a year of this, so I thought it'd be fun tonight just to let them share a little bit about their experience being brand new. So I had some questions for them to answer. Um, I just want to start with this. Uh, just how new are you, okay, and uh, when, how did it happen, and how's it going? Uh, okay, well, our, our second child went off to college in uh, 2018, so we kind of counted that as... Does that qualify? It as does, empty because yeah. you've been mourning yeah. and grieving and all that, right? Oh, no, we've been celebrating. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I would say we're kind of in our fifth year now. Now, since then, one has graduated and gone on to work full-time, and okay. the other has graduated and started nursing school. So it's still yes. got a little more of the financial support, but as far as the empty, it's empty. It's empty. Yeah, it's just two of us. Fantastic. How's it going, Misty? You want to share how that's going with you guys? Uh, it's going well. I'm trying to think, you know, you know, I don't know with them in college, it, it, uh, it still has been very busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I, but I've, I've loved it. it. It reminds me of when we were first married, of course before children, you know, there's time to actually make decisions about what you want to be involved in. And, and, and there's just, there's no time for that. You know, when, they, when they're in the house and when you're constantly running to games and running just, you know, the world seems revolves around their schedule, yeah. but to have time to do that again. And, and I was fearful. I was fearful about what it was going to, what that was going to be like. And I don't think I walked into their 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 rooms for a while <laughs> for a couple of months you know i just didn't go in there it's kind of yes. too quiet but it didn't take us long to get acclimated i don't no, think no, I, no. I, I it was it's been great that's awesome i recommend it all right so question did you think prepare seek advice about this new stage before it happened mm -hmm. uh, no we did not no. i wish we could have i mean it's not a bad idea too it's just you're too busy doing life i mean you're too busy you know, doing everything else yeah. uh, to where you just want to get through middle school, through high school, through college. Yes. So anyway, no, yep. we didn't. I get it. Well, that's why we're here tonight, just seeking advice, talking about it, thinking through it for certain. Uh, third question is this. Um, what have you learned so far uh, about yourselves, about your faith um, in the hmm. days ahead? Hmm. You know, I mean, I, I feel like we've just learned that to me, really, you learn, you do start learning that life is going by fast. I mean, it really is, y'all. You know that, but it, that's what I've learned, the brevity of life, that I need to make my days count. Mm -hmm. It is going by quick. This isn't all I'm, you know, eternity is going to be a lot longer. This is going to be short. Mm -hmm. And so it has had us kind of thinking more, okay, is it, how do we want to really spend our life? What do we want yeah. to put our lives in? So yeah. it's given us some freedom to just think Absolutely. and walk and talk and think about it. Yeah. Misty, you want to share anything on that? Or oh, let's see. What was the question? What do you learn yep. so far? Oh, what do you learn? Learn. Um, 
I, I mean, it, it, I'm relieved, I guess, in one aspect when the kids are gone because you hear so many um, scary stories about people kind of lose the, themselves and 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 really don't you know know where their marriage is going from there. So I, I was relieved after they left. I was still happy to be married and wanted to be married. I mean, I was. I thought, That's you know, right. I, right. I remember this. I remember being married. I remember when yeah. it was just the two of us and. Um, and I also, I, it was remarkable to me, you know, after having all those years of teenagers, I mean, generally, you know, I can be in a bad mood or Chip can be in a bad mood, but, you know, as adults, if he's nice to me, I'm nice to him. You're just not like that with teenagers. You know, you just never know what you're going to walk into or what kind of time bomb or what, what is, you know. And so, in in general, that that's a kind of a relief. Yeah. Not I as volatile. Like, the home not, not as volatile. volatile. <laughs> There's more peace. Yeah. And um, the bar is really, really low as far as preparing meals. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, I, nice. I, we still enjoy cooking home. We, we, do, we do cook a lot. But there's just no pressure there, right. <laughs> you know? It just... You know, like we're fine with you know whatever something easy. Yeah. So yeah, and we don't Sounds have to like sit around the table and eat. We can yeah, sit yeah. wherever we, we want. Like oh, we did all of that, sit at the table, and then we just stopped yeah. sitting at the table. We yeah. took our TV trays right That's in, right. turned on whatever we wanted to watch. I don't know. Right. We're watching the news, Tim. We're, yeah. right. we're watching the news. <laughs> we're watching. Right. Watch the weather. Yeah. It's not like you had your satisfied customers, is what I'm hearing. So that leads to the last question. This is it. So there are a lot of. Of mm -hmm. parents in the house tonight across the church that have teenage kids. So this is the question we mm -hmm. might answer for them. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend empty nesting to anyone with a graduating high school senior? <laughs> absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. And you know we Embrace found it. ways to um, go visit them. None, they didn't move too far. Mm -hmm. You know, and we, that that's the other thing. It's not it's not like they're dropping off the face of the earth. You can mm -hmm. still see them, still be a part of their world. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're, you yeah. know. You and without know, intruding, because yeah. we want them to have their own routines yeah. and their mm -hmm. own friends and their own things. But we just spent her birthday in Nashville with our son yeah. you know, yeah. about a couple months ago. And, you know, we enjoyed that. He enjoyed, seemed to really enjoy it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we still stay involved and still stay in touch, um, which, but it's still, it, it's just the way life's supposed to be. You know, mm -hmm. it's just supposed to be that way. That's it. Well, thank you for being mm -hmm. great spokesmen for this unique stage okay. of parenting. Yeah, well, how about it for Chip and Misty? <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you all so much. Um, one of the things that you told us in the survey was, hey, you know, we want to learn more about friendship. And um, we had great friends when our kids were little, same soccer team, same school, same church. But when all those things dispersed, we also kind of lost our friendships. Um, I was listening to a podcast of some of my favorite podcasters recently, and it was about friendship. And I listened to it. I had, a, I had over 100 options to choose from. They've got over 100 podcasts out there. But I thought, you know, that'd be a great time for my wife and I this summer to work on our friendship. So I listened to it. I thought, man, that's fantastic. And I said, this would be a great group for us to hear from them. So tonight, I'm going to ask Tim and Leah Simpson to join us and be with us if they would tonight, because I had a chance to listen to uh, their podcast. And um, they had a, a podcast on ways to spend time enjoying friends. And if you're interested, it's episode 82, a little plug there for the, for the, you'll tell us more about it, but had a fantastic time listening to them. So I'm gonna let them get this right. I'll take large bills only. Um, so why don't you all to share, and then also while you're sharing, as you uh, complete sharing, you can share also about this and how folks can learn more about what you have to offer. 
Here's two seats and here's two mics and I'll get out of y'all's way. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome. All right, Leah. All right. All right. Well, I guess when it comes to friendship, that's probably one of the areas that Tim and I had things in common when we first met. I know on our first date, we spent several hours sharing about um, two friends in particular, one of mine and one of his, that we had invested a long couple of years in, people that were about our age, but people that we had mentored and um, taken with us to, to school even in college. So I think friendship was very important for Tim as well as it was for me. So that's something that we've always valued. And I, th I think too, when considering friendship, I think it's important to identify when friends are healthy and when they're healthy for you and when they're toxic. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that we've been going through recently, and this really wasn't related to empty nesting, but it definitely uh, relates to the season of life of empty nesting. And that is, um, for us, I think we had gotten into a point of just so much uh, doing for others and serving. So we are are actually trying to get a better balance on walk beside friendships. And that's what we call them. We made that up, I guess, but just people who, you know, we can come beside um, and, and, you know, grow with instead of always, it seems like a lot of times we were involved in friendships. I mean, there's a balance in it, but friendships that um, we're investing in, and it's not something where you would share your confidence with them, but it's something where there's a lot of giving instead of like a mutual giving and, and sharing a give and take. So I think it's healthy to determine how many, or look at your friendships and determine which friendships are, are what identifying them. Yeah. Some friendships, as she said, are toxic. I mean, we don't spend a lot of time with those people because we realize you know, that it's very difficult, but we try to invest in friends, you know, because you've always heard the old saying that, you know, to be a, f a friend, you need to, to be a friend to someone, to have a friend, you need to be a friend. And I think I learned that really from my father years ago. My dad, if you've ever seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, my dad was George Bailey in our small town. And uh, we didn't have a lot, but he was a banker. He took care of people. His customers were uh, blue collar people and they loved him dearly because he treated them with respect. He did more than just see to their financial needs. He was there when there was a family event, if there was a wedding, there was a funeral, he was there. And guess who got dragged to all those events, you know, me. And so even to this day, when we have flowers come into our home, like we did a couple of days ago, you know, when Leah had a birthday, I got her some flowers and she goes, oh, I just love how these flowers smell, you know, and I smell it. Yeah, it smells like a funeral home to me, you know, I'm just ruined because my dad took me to so many things like that, where he was trying to be there for people in their time of need. He was trying to be a friend to them and he was a friend. Yeah, so since he said that, I'll, <laughs> I've got a couple things in my bag so you can remember what we talk about. So um, the first thing is these. <laughs> and that's because I think this reminds us if ways that we should be friends with people show up, yeah. you know, and these remind you of times where people need extra care um, or maybe in this case they're moving <laughs> or they're um, they're doing a lot of work. Sometimes it's when people have had surgery, but maybe it's when they've had a baby or maybe it's, it's something really happy. You know, maybe they need you because it's happy and it's, it's time to celebrate with them. Maybe it's a job, um, 
they've, they've changed jobs and there's something really exciting. So whether it's happy or whether it's hard, I think that's important to show up. You know, it, I notice that people, when things are really hard, sometimes it's just silent. Have you noticed that? They just, it, the people that come when it's really hard, are you, you just like, Oh my goodness, I'm gonna forever love that person. You know, like like Tim said, showing up when people have a death in the family or people have a special needs. Sometimes things last for a long time. If you're caregiving, if you've got someone, a parent or a child or a spouse or someone with cancer, sometimes illnesses and such like that, they go on for a really long time. You know, so I think showing up is a really important way to do friendship. What else do you have in that bag? <laughs> I have a lot of things. I'm interested. I didn't We're realize that she was bringing anything tonight. Okay. What do you think this one is? Mm, food. Food. Have, have people in your home. Yes. That's what this is about. I think that the people that you have in your home, you have these great conversations with them. And I think you can know someone for years or maybe even have contact with them through your job or church or any kind of community um, event. But if you have them in your home, it seems like suddenly you're just like so much closer, right? So it's that courage to have people in your home. Part of what we talk about on the podcast is ways to become comfortable with hospitality. Some people that's natural. A lot of people it's not. And it's really not about coming to see your house. What do we say about that? If you're coming to see the house, call first. If you're coming to see us, come on. We, we don't care. We really don't care. And our son-in-law, who we love dearly, is a pharmacist. He he makes fun of Leah and me. He does. In a good way, because he says, <laughs> do you guys ever meet a stranger? Because he, he's, you know, he's really into analytics. He's business-minded, and, and he's personable, but he's not like his mother-in-law. We talk to everybody. We do. I mean, we do. And it's easier. I get that. It's easier for some folks than others. But we'll be taking an Uber to a wedding like we were last year in New Jersey. And, man, we just strike up a Christ conversation with Uber driver. Mm. You, know, we, you know, she's, well, I'm not really into religion. Well, you, you know, I'm We're not either. Right We're not either. We're not into religion at all. But we are into a relationship. Mm. She goes, well, what do you mean? And we were able to describe what we meant by that. And she, we had made a friend by the time we finished that Uber ride. You know, there are opportunities to make friends with people everywhere we turn. Someone brought something to our table on Saturday. We were all together. And I said, thank you, Sarah. And he goes, I knew it. I knew you knew her name. She didn't have a name tag. And I talked to her and made an order, and she brought everything to the table. He goes, how did I know you knew her name? Yeah. <laughs> I said, it matters if you know people's names, Zach. Yes. I said, you'll figure it out one day. <laughs> Keys, what do you okay. got there? <clears throat> Keys. Now, I was trying to, th I was looking for a lock, but it was actually in Tim's vehicle. So this has to do with, like, you think about keys, and if you, this is ways to be a friend, okay? If you are going to be a good friend, you have to be able to keep people's confidence. And so I think of this as locking something or unlocking it, okay? So if I, if I share, I have friends literally who I know love me, they have my back and I have theirs, but I cannot tell them something that I wouldn't want on a billboard. It's not possible. They cannot be discreet. And the truth is very few people are discreet. And, and honestly, some of that goes into sin. You know, it's gossip. It's often unkind. And a lot of times it's just nobody's business. You know, so if, if you have a friend that shares something with you, that's their story. So if somebody else asks you a nosy question about that situation, you said, you know, I could answer you, but really it's not my sh story to share. And that's how you get out of sharing something that is not your story to share. And if you do that, 
accidentally, you should probably go apologize to the person who you've just revealed their confidence because it, it's, it's really a serious thing. I mean, you really can't be a good friend unless you can keep confidence. Be a vault. Mm-hmm. Be a vault. I was on the phone one night with a friend of mine, and I was over in the corner. You know how you'll have it on speakerphone sometime, and and man, this guy was just going on and on and on and on. And I got off the phone with him, and Leah walks into there, and she says, "Don't ever tell me that it's only women who gossip." And I'm like, oh my I because I had to shut it down. I had to get off the phone with this guy. You know, I said, "You are right. It's not anybody can do that, you know, and you don't want to partake of that. So just learn to be a vault." Yep. All right. All right. Ways to enjoy friendship. <clears throat> Ooh, Make I like this one. food for those people that you love, whether it's your family members or your friends. This is a homemade jelly. I didn't make it homemade, but it is a homemade jelly. So I, I was afraid it was breaking my bag. That's why it's in a bag. No, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think it's important to take time to cook. Like I know probably some of you are really good at grilling out. So you know that's something you could enjoy. Friends having friends over, and um, if you like to bake, you know bake something and share it. Because I think sharing food is really important. It's very important. Food will open up any door. It'll get you to where you want to be. Food is just the kindness that speaks in all languages, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> this one is about coffee. Yep. How many of you like coffee in here? Yeah. All right. Yep. So a lot of coffee. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's very important. This is, this is really our last point until yep. Ms. Tim's come up with one. I think it's very important to plan to have conversation with your friends and really from a standpoint of just listening you know, it's, it's fun, I know, to talk, but it's really more important and really takes more maturity and more skill to listen. And I think it's really great if you're going to, I do it often when I have a road trip, I drive a lot by myself. And if I'm driving, I think, who have I not talked to in a while? And I'll just call, whether it's my aunt, I have an aunt, older aunt that I really love so much. I enjoy speaking with her. It could be someone I haven't spoken with. I don't even see them very often, but they're a, a lifetime friend. It could be a new friend could be someone who needs me it could be someone i need okay so i think it's very important to coffee could be coffee i have friends that have coffee we have coffee but we're talking long distance on the phone so it's i think it's very important to make time for conversations with each other so in closing basically one thing that leah has right now it's a podcast you heard tim mention that it's called embrace your everyday with leah simpson if you go back to the old tonight show you remember johnny carson she's johnny carson i'm ed mcmahon Okay. And so that's what we do. And uh, the podcast, as he mentioned, we've done over 100 episodes and everything is built on the family. We're trying to do things to strengthen the family, to build up the family. You look at all the problems in Memphis, Tennessee, Chicago, Baltimore, any city you go to, and the issues we're having stem from the family. They start in the home. They don't start in the school system. They don't start at the nightclubs. They start at home. And so that's what we're trying to do is to breathe Christ into these homes. And anyone who listens, we thought our listeners would be somewhere in their 30s and 40s. Our majority listeners are in their 20s. And we've got teenagers listening that are, you know, preparing toward marriage and and engagement and type uh, in college and such. We didn't see that coming. And so uh, that's what God put on our plate during COVID. We do podcasts. We do another piece called Pottery. Uh, we have become potters together. So we throw coffee mugs together, which is why we're big on coffee, because we make a lot of mugs and we don't sell it. We just give them to people. You know, if someone comes to our house or whatever, we just give them. That's our way. Come to the sharing shelf and let us give you something. And they're like, well, you guys made this? How about, you know, 
it's free. It's just take it, you know? It's our way of just uh, trying to be warm toward people and win them toward Christ and let them see what the Christian life is supposed to look like. We are going to have some opportunities to make new friends very soon uh, because, uh, not public yet, but uh, Lee and I are in the process of moving to Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, we are moving uh, probably in July, <clears throat> and uh, I have resigned my job. Um, this is a new phase in our life. All of our families in South Carolina, I mean, literally, all of her family, two of our children, um, maybe three or four coming. We're trying to get the other ones up there right now. But uh, we just saw this as a time in our life that uh, we have our health, all of our families there. Sure, we could work another two or three years in Memphis, but you know that might help us achieve retirement goals a little bit better. But we have really stepped out on faith and just asked the Lord to go before us. And uh, I'm not working for a station up there. I'm not doing anything. I'm doing pottery. <laughs> I'm gonna be a full-time pot. Yeah, that's it. I'm a, I'm a potter, and and so we're just you know just pray for us, and uh, we want to do. We want to do things home-related. God has given Lee an opportunity to speak to women's groups and church groups, and I'm her media guy. So I edit the podcast. I put everything together for her. She spoke to a group in Ripley just a couple of weeks ago, and I was there. I, was, I manned the book table. I'm a really good gopher, you know? And so that's what God has put on our plate. Uh, but it, we'll be making new friends up there, and it will probably come pretty easy because we, we enjoy friendships. Okay, that's all I was saying. I think empty nesting for us, too, if I can just say one thing. Um, so we've yes. been married for 35 years, mm -hmm. and I, I mean this genuinely. I actually liked him better than when I first married him. And I think one of the things that we're trying to do is just find new things to have in common because mm -hmm. we have th some things in common before we got married. We still have the photography. Uh, we talk about friendship. Um, you know, we've we've done a, we've done music together. Um, a lot of other things that we had in common, but we decided that it would be probably very healthy to start looking for new things to learn together that we have in common. So that's why we've started off. We have a list, but we only have gotten to about three of those things, but that's great. So we have a list of things we want to do together and places that we want to go. So we're trying to, you know, be on adventures in this next season. So thank you. All right. All right, we're going to pull back together. And uh, again, I want to tell you, thank you for being here tonight. I want to share with you quickly, if I could, about next week. So we'll meet right in the same room next Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night, last night. And next Wednesday night, we got these folks coming. So Brother Stephen Donald will be with us next Wednesday night, right in this very room. They'll share about their journey of empty nesting. So they'll be here with us. Also, we'll have Mark and Christy Tingley. And they're going to share about how the influence changes once your kids get married and communication changes, influence changes, and what they've learned in that. So Brother Stephen, Miss Donald be here, as well as Martin Christy Tingley. So very excited about next Wednesday night, right here, same time. And also, you've enjoyed kind of the, what, what it feels like to be in a group. If you're not in a life group, you're here tonight, but not in a life group on Sunday morning, uh, please come see me. I'd love to tell you about groups and what we do here. We have groups for all types of ages and stages, and we'd love to help you usher into trying a group on Sunday morning. So. Thank you so much. Let me pray us out and we'll head out. Uh, Linda, uh, Tim and Leah, thank you. So enjoyed having you guys. Let me pray for us and we'll take off. Father, we praise your name. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the chance that we have to just come together and, and shut the door and talk about things that are, that are pertinent to where we are right now. Thank you that we have your word to guide us. Thank you we have folks who have gone before us to, to lend us their wisdom. 
Um, thank you that we have each other to talk about it with. But thank you most for the Holy Spirit you've placed in us uh, that helps us uh, to parent and to release and to be friends and to look to you. So thank you for all you've given us. Bless us as we go tonight, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.